0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from heritage baptist church in corpus christi texas led by pastor johnny chay our church is dedicated to serving jesus christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel we pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from god's word the bible says in proverbs 11 verse 30 the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he that winneth souls is wise he that winneth souls. Every Saturday here, we have a ministry that we call our soul-winning ministry. I remember when I was 15 years old and I was taking my driver's ed class, uh, I still remember the name of my uh, instructor. Her name was Miss Alicia Delgado Lutz. Not Lutz, Lutz. I don't know. So, But uh, I remember that she was saying that uh, she wasn't going to be there for, for one of the classes, so we needed to postpone and we needed to have it on Saturday instead of Thursday. And a couple junior high, high school kids looked back at her and said, I'm sorry, we can't, we have soul winning. And she giggled to herself and she said, I'm sorry, it sounded like you said soul winning. We said, Yes, yes, that's what we said, soul winning. And she asked, What is soul winning? And we tried to explain to her, it is, it is telling other people about. Jesus, It's telling people the gospel of Jesus Christ, how he died, he was buried, and he rose again. And that his death and burial and resurrection means something for you. means something specifically for you. Jesus Christ died for you. If you were the only sinner in the world that would have accepted his gospel, he still would have died just for you. She came to church that next Sunday and she got saved. Uh, it was a wonderful, a wonderful experience that I will never forget. But what I'm trying to bring out to you this morning, I want to ask a question, are you you serving the Lord right now? Are you serving the Lord with your life? And specifically, specifically I'm talking about, are you actively seeking to share the gospel with other people? Yes, we do have a soul-winning ministry on Saturday at 10 o'clock, but that's not the only time you can be a soul winner. You can be a soul winner at work. You could be a soul winner at school. You could be a soul winner at your family get-together that you didn't want to go to. Uh, you could be a soul winner at the restaurant. You could be a soul winner in the hospital waiting room. You could be a soul winner. Uh, I, I remember a friend of mine led the paramedic that was using the jaws of life to pry him out of his wrecked vehicle. He, he led him to the Lord in the driver's seat of that car with his dashboard in his lap. You could be a soul winner anywhere. It doesn't take much to be a soul winner. It doesn't take much to tell people about the Lord and to serve the Lord in that way. You could be a soul winner by handing a track to somebody. This is going to be the one time I don't have a track in my pocket. Haha. Ha. You can be a soul winner by just handing this to somebody. You may not be the most extroverted person. You may not be the person that is best with their words, we all can't speak, goodest. But you could go up to the people and you can say, listen, what's in this changed my life. I believe it will change yours as well. You could, that can be being a soul winner. You could, you could be a soul winner by just quoting a verse to somebody. You could be a soul winner by singing a song to somebody. You could be a soul winner by just sharing your testimony with that person. So I'm asking you this morning, Because I am here to tell you and to testify, there's just something special about serving the Lord. There is no greater life, there's no greater way to spend your time, there's no greater rewards that come in this life than serving the Lord. Especially in the area of telling other people about Jesus Christ. You know, we were made to reproduce. At At the very beginning of time, the Lord said, Be fruitful and multiply. It is just nature to reproduce after your kind. An apple tree is going to reproduce apple trees and, and so on and so forth down the line. And when you are a Christian, when you know that Jesus is your Savior, there has to be something inside of you that wants to share that with somebody else. Could you imagine if maybe at the end of the year we found out that some pharmaceutical company was sitting on the cure for COVID-19 this entire time. and uh, Dr. Wallach, is it the cure for COVID-19 or is it the cure for coronavirus? What are we looking for? Okay, so see, I'm, I'm, I am lied. So the, the cure for coronavirus, the novel coronavirus. How, how frustrated would we be? How disgusted would we be that somebody had the cure for it that entire time and would not share it? But we have the gospel of Jesus Christ And so many times we don't share it. Look with me in Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20 is where we are going to read. And we're going to read from verse 1 to 16. And here is my objective for the day, for the message. I want to tell you that the Lord is hiring. That is the title of my message, Now Hiring. And I should have hung up a sign that said, Inquire Within. And this is a good crowd. You're inquiring within. So if you didn't know you were, you're you're here. The Lord is hiring. So I want to tell you a couple things. I want to tell you about what the job is, which I already did. It's winning souls for Christ. It's, It's sharing the gospel. I want to tell you who you're working for. You probably have, you always have questions. You know, do you remember your first interview, okay? Or your first job ever? I think a lot of us could tell stories about good jobs and bad jobs, right? But maybe when you went into the interview, you had a lot of questions. What does the job entail? What are the qualifications? What's the salary? Who am I working for? Because you know a very good job can get ruined by a bad manager. (laughs) Have you ever had a really bad manager before? Sure. I'm gonna answer all those questions. But here's what I'm bringing out. The Lord is hiring. He's looking for servants. He's looking for people that will share the gospel with somebody else. And I, I want you to take the job. I want you to take the job. And maybe the Lord will remind you of somebody this week that used to be a burden on your heart, but you've lost that burden. You haven't shared the gospel with them in a long time. Maybe this would spur you to do it again. Look in Matthew chapter 20, verse 1. This is Jesus talking, For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And a penny a day, that, that was usual wages at that time, for a uh, 6 a.m. to a 6 p.m. shift. Uh, Thank the Lord for inflation. Verse 3, And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Again, he went out about the sixth hour and ninth hour and did likewise. So if the early morning is around 6 a.m., third hour is going to be 9 a.m., sixth hour is going to be noon, ninth hour is going to be 3 and then look in verse 6, in about the 11th hour. So what time is this one? Five o'clock. 5 o'clock. Wow, that was quick. It took me two hours to figure out in my study. Um, so, about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing idle, and saith unto them, Why stand ye here all day idle? They say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. When even was come the lord of the vineyard said uh, saith unto his steward call the laborers and give them their hire beginning from the last unto the first and when they came that were hired about the 11th hour they received every man a penny but when the first came they supposed that they should have received more and they likewise received every man a penny when they had received it they murmured they complained Against the good men of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst thou not agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. Is it not lawful? For me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first, and the first last, for many be called, but few chosen. Father, I need you. I need you. I cannot do this without you. Help me, uh, Lord, as I seek to uh, recruit laborers and to show them the joy of serving you and sharing the gospel with others. Lord, may there be one here that would just jump all in and serve you in this way, that they would have a renewed fire in their heart to share your gospel with whoever they could. Oh, Lord, how could our country, how could our state, how could our family do anything but change if there were just one, if there were just a handful? Oh, Lord, what could we imagine with a church that got on fire for you and sharing your gospel? Everybody seeing their need, their responsibility in this matter, Father, let it be so. We ask this in Your name, Amen. Maybe that first time you went for a job, it was because you needed the money, or your mom told you, "You're 22, go out and get some some work." Uh, but I remember the first time, you know, I got a job. Uh, I was 15. I was working at Elgin Country Club. I loved, I loved that job, uh, but it, it wasn't enough to support me as I started uh, getting, um, what are those called, bills? And uh, <laughs> so I started looking for now hiring signs and uh, you know, found, found some good jobs, found some bad jobs. But what I noticed is even in a bad job, I enjoyed the work. I just, I loved to work. I think it is put in every single one of us to work and to do something. Uh, The Lord builds in certain responses in your body to show you that certain things are not natural. For instance, a headache or a hangover when you get drunk the night before. Your body is telling you that is not natural, that is not right. When you cough and, and gasp for air, when you smoke, that is your body telling you that is not natural. The Lord has put that into our body to show us that the, the, the gag reflex that you have whenever you eat anything from White Castle that is telling you that is not natural. But also, the Lord has installed a little bit of code into the brain of everybody that's called boredom. And that boredom is there to teach us it is not natural to do nothing when you could be doing something. Now, we see that in the physical part of things. Again, when you, uh, gentlemen, right now, a lot of you are dealing with this. We are stir-crazy right now, and, and we've, we've come out of it through the whole lockdown, but we were stir-crazy. Houses got painted. The dog finally got attention. The kids were noticed again. Like, oh, yeah, there's three of you. That's right. Uh, 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 what's your name? <laughs> Whatever your name is, right? So, and all of these things, your honey-do list, got shorter. And it's because you're sitting at home and you're thinking, I, I've got to do something. Well, what I'm calling for you is in a spiritual sense. I want you to see there should be a spiritual desire within you. There should be a spiritual hunger within you to know there's got to be something to do for the Lord. There's got, there has to be work that needs to be done. Now, this is not just a story. This is more than a story. This is a parable. All the teenagers are like, oh yeah, we learned about those in algebra. No, that's a parabola. This is a parable. A parable means to set alongside. The Lord always used parables, or most of the time used parables. And what he did is he set a familiar idea alongside an unfamiliar idea, or maybe an unclear idea, something that you have a lot of questions about. He would take something that you had no questions about, that you fully understood, and set it alongside of it so that you could compare. And you could say, okay, so if so, facto, right? So what he is doing is he is using earthly colors to paint a heavenly picture. And maybe he'll use, in this case, working in a vineyard. And he'll do a brushstroke there, and then a brushstroke there about the husbandman, or in this case, the householder, or the homeowner, the one who is overcharge of all of it. And then he takes another brush and he tells you about the laborers. And then he tells you, he fills in different details. So what we need to do is we need to look at all those earthly colors, but then we need to step back and we need to see the big picture. When we see the big picture, we'll see the eternal truths that God is teaching. And that's the reason that, because what we have here is a hiring story. This is a man going out and saying, I am hiring for a job. And because the Lord is not just telling an earthly story, he's telling an eternal truth. The same now hiring sign that this householder hung up in his vineyard is the one that we can hang up today. So we're going to look at the different details of this story. And what I want to do is bring out the eternal truth. So we see, first of all, in verse 1 and 2, this householder wakes up early in the morning. I mean, he is the first one up. He's up with Brother Rusty and he's up with the milkmen and the snipers and he is out to hire people. Why? Because there's work to be done. That's the first eternal truth that Jesus is bringing out. There is work to be done. There is always work to be done for God. There may be times of rest in God's work there is never a time of retirement in God's work. When you we're going to look at the book of Joshua tonight and Joshua heads into this conquest of the land of Canaan. And the Bible says in chapter 13, he is old and stricken in years. And that's usually when people kind of step back and say, I'm going to let the younger generation stand up. And, the, and surely there needs to be a handing off. We saw that with Moses too, Joshua. But God comes in chapter 13, verse 1, and he says there's still a lot of land to be possessed. There's always work to be done for God. Now... When we think of God's work, we can often think about just practical things. Maybe we think about the building needing to be cleaned or the buses needing to be maintained um, or the fact that Sunday schools need to be taught. And all of those things are great, but the main purpose of the church, the main purpose, the main work to be done in a Christian's life is to bring forth fruit. Everything that we do in our life, everything that we do here in this church is meant to spread the gospel. When we start focusing on programs and on issues that take us away from our duty of going forward with the gospel, we're not doing our job. We are not doing the work that is supposed to be done. Think about these men that were hired at six in the morning to come and work in the vineyard. Surely some of them were cleaning. Some of them were pruning. Some of them were uh, planting. Some of them were fertilizing. All of these practical jobs. But what were all of them meant for? Harvest. Everything was done to bring forth fruit. There is work to be done. And I'm not just talking about these practical things. We have to see the big picture. In this church, we have been left the responsibility of bringing forth fruit, of telling people the gospel. Now, the next truth that I see is, so so that's, why, that's why he's going out and he's saying, I'm hiring people. I'm hiring people because there is work that needs to be done. A lot of different things, but they all play a supporting role to tell people, think, think, think. Just in Corpus Christi, 300,000 souls within a 10-mile radius of this building. 300." Thousand souls and many of them are struggling through this life trying to blindly make their way through without Jesus Christ. There's so much work to be done. Why is why is the Lord hiring? Why am I asking you to serve the Lord today to make a decision? Lord, I'm gonna do better in this matter of doing my job for you. Why? Because there's so much work to be done. But then you see in the story, six o'clock turns into nine o'clock. And nine o'clock turns to noon. And noon turns to three. And three turns to five. What's the next eternal truth that the Lord is bringing out? Not only is there so much work to be done, there's not a lot of time to do it. Time is slipping away. There are some things that we just don't like. We don't like things that are out of our control. We don't like things that we always seem to be running out of. And we don't like things that don't care when we mess up. (laughs) And those, all three of those describe time. We have no control over it. We always seem to be running out of it. And if we make the mistake of not using it wisely, it marches on. Time flies, right? You know why time flies? (laughs) So many people are trying to kill it. You would fly too. So what I'm trying to bring out is all of us need to remember we have a lot less time than we think we do. The Bible says, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away the Lord is hiring. We need workers. I'm begging you to start sharing the gospel to those who are around you because there's so much work to be done and time is slipping away. Yet so many Christians live as if there was so much time and so little work. But the opposite is true. There's so much work to be done and so little time. That, sir, that family member that you know is lost may not be here tomorrow. Ma'am, that neighbor that you laugh with and that you have come to care for and that watches your dog when you're out of town and, and you check her mail, she may not be here tomorrow to share the gospel with. And that coworker and the, who whoever it may be, they may not be here tomorrow to ever hear the gospel again. Time is slipping away. It is appointed unto man once to die friend you may be here this morning and you don't know Jesus is your savior you do not know that you're going to heaven when you die and by the way the Lord doesn't play with you he doesn't come and give you the uh, I don't know maybe you are maybe you aren't God is a yes or a no you know when you are his child my sheep hear my voice I know them they follow me These things write I unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life. So if you are here and you know that Jesus is not your Savior, this may be the last message you hear when you can accept him. Christian, this may be the last time that you can leave a church and grab some tracks and share it with somebody. You may not be here tomorrow to share the gospel again. We have only one life, and it will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. Why am I asking you to serve the Lord, church, begging you to serve the Lord? Because there's so much work to be done, and time is slipping away. Would you serve the Lord? Would you serve the Lord with your life? When you look at your daily schedule, you know if I don't prioritize what I need to prioritize everything goes awry. So what we need to do is examine our priorities here. When we understand we may not have tomorrow, we may, that person that I need to share the gospel with may not have tomorrow, our life is a vapor, time is slipping away, what becomes more important? I would argue sharing the gospel should be number one. And we're not talking about working for some Fortune 500 company. We're not talking about working for some, uh, for some salary. We're not talking about all of that. We are talking about the King of Kings and Lord of Lords because look, look at what is happening here. There's so much work to be done. There's a little bit of time left to do it, but what does not change throughout the entire story? When six o'clock turns to nine and nine to 12 and 12 to three and three to five, there's one thing in that story that does not change, the need for laborers. Every single time he looked at that clock, and he saw the work that still needed to be done and that time was slipping away, 6 p.m. was coming and the night comes when no man can work. What do I do? Do I try to buy more time? Do I try to put it off for the next day? Do I try to switch up my tactic? No, what I need is more laborers. And what I'm bringing out to you this morning is not for you to go home and say, Lord, there's so much work to be done and there's a little time left to do it. So please send somebody else. No, I'm saying for you to say, Lord, here am I, send me. Send me, send me, show me some soul today that I could share your gospel with. When the Lord was working in his ministry and he was going about, there's a time where he lifted up his eyes and the Bible said he saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion because they were like sheep that didn't have a shepherd. And he turns to his disciples and he says, look, look, lift up your eyes, Look. Look at all the work that needs to be done. You say in a couple months we'll be harvest. No, harvest is now. The fields are ripe now, all ready to harvest. But there's a problem. We need more laborers. We need more laborers. Every single Wednesday. I love Wednesday nights. I love Wednesday nights. I love spending that time with you. We have our, our study time in Acts. We have our prayer time. And afterwards, we, all, we raise our hand and we say something that's on our hearts, something that's burdening us, something that we want the church to pray for, a prayer request that we are begging God to answer. If Jesus were in our congregation every single Wednesday and we opened it up for prayer requests, he would raise his hand every week and say the same thing. Laborers, laborers, pray for laborers. There's so much work to be done. There's a little time to do it. We need more help. And that's you. That's you. That is where you fit in. Now, maybe your response is, well, I'm not eloquent. Moses said that. The Lord used him to become, I think, the greatest leader in history. Maybe you come back and you say, oh, I'm too young. I'm just a child. Jeremiah said that. He became one of the greatest prophets that we've ever known. Maybe you say, well, I'm unworthy. Paul said that. Yeah. By the way, we're all unworthy. It's a club that nobody likes to be in, but we're all in it together. <laughs> we're all unworthy. And here's the last thing that I want to point out to you, and I'm, I'm, I'm done you may wonder, why would the Lord use me? Why would the Lord hire me? And there are so many truths that are in this story, and the story is actually an answer to something that Peter says in chapter 19, But here's all I want to bring out for you. At the end of the chapter, we see that this homeowner, this householder, starts calling his workers in from the last, the ones that were hired at 5 p.m., the ones that sat around all day, the ones that really didn't contribute a lot. Now, it's not that they didn't work hard. They did work hard. I'm sure that they did. But they worked hard for an hour. They did their part, but it was a small part. Then you have... The 3 p.m.ers, and the nooners, and the niners, and then the sixers. Now, what the sixers saw in the morning is that all these people were getting paid what they were told they were going to get paid at the very beginning. So surely, because they got paid that, we're going to get paid more. Now, you you read in the story, the the husbandman said, no, I I did you no wrong. You and I agreed for a penny. And it's, so he's, he's teaching them several things, right? Uh, first of all, he's teaching them a, um, a lesson of equality, right? Because the 6 a.m. workers are saying about the 5 p.m. workers, you made us all equal. So he's teaching a lesson of equality, how God is no respecter of persons, okay? And it doesn't matter if you're a five-talent person or a two-talent person or a one-talent person. Just work, just work. Just be faithful. That is all God is asking you to do. He's teaching a lesson of motives because you have some people who work for money and you have some people who work for the master. He's teaching a lesson of authority. He says, is it not my choice? Can't I do what I wish? And the issue wasn't necessarily with the 6 a.m. people that they didn't get paid more. Their issue was that the other people got paid the same. They were mad at that. And so the master, who by the way is Jesus in this case, comes back and says, is it not my decision? Are you mad at me because I was good to those other people and gave them more that they deserved? Are you mad at me because of that? So here's what I'm trying to bring out today. You serve the Lord because there's so much work to be done. There's a little time to do it and we need laborers and that is you. That is you. You have a part to play in that. But then the devil comes up to you and says, Well, you've wasted so much of your life or you are damaged goods or you have baggage or all of these different things. And what you have in this story is you have a group of people who believe that they should be rewarded on their merits. They should be rewarded because of what they earned, what they did. But then you have a master coming back and saying, no, it is my choice to reward my workers by a little something called grace. Now let's just stop for a moment here, okay? When Jesus saves a soul, he does not save that soul based on merit. He saves that soul based on grace. And we are happy for that. Because there's, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. When Jesus saves a soul, he does it on grace, not on merit. When Jesus uses a life, he does so by grace and not by merit. And when Jesus rewards a work, he does so by grace and not by merit. So here's what I'm trying to bring out it is a good thing that the Lord doesn't reward us by our merit. Between the choice of being rewarded by grace or being rewarded by merit, I'll choose grace every time. The flesh may want merit. The flesh may like to see, I do this, I do this amount of work and I know my hourly wage. I know what my paycheck is gonna be at the end of the day. But here's the thing, with merit may come a number, with merit may come some sight, but with grace, comes a promise and Jesus is saying I'm hiring today because there's work that needs to be done there's a little time to do it I want you specifically to jump in and do it and I promise you whatever you give to me I will give more whatever you give I will give back more I I can't explain it I am not rich, but I always have enough. I'm not always happy, but he always gives me a reason to be joyful. Life is not always good, but he is always good. So if you're asking, what are, what are the rewards? What are the benefits? Why should I give up my schedule? Why should I give up what I have been working on and start working for him? All I can tell you is the blessings are beyond anything that you could ever imagine. I can't force you to work, to serve him, to serve, the, to, to serve the Lord in a way where you share the gospel, but those of you who have led somebody to the Lord before, especially, you know there is no greater joy in your heart than knowing you were obedient to the Lord, knowing that he used you to play just a small part and bringing forth some fruit in a dying world. And that is all I can do to you today. All I can do is, is give you the promise of scripture that when you serve the Lord personally and you do your part to share the gospel, Don't care about who you are, don't care about what you've done, don't care about what you will do, don't care about what you're going to get paid at the end of it. We don't work for God for our rewards, we work for Him because we love Him. And when he sees somebody just doing their job, at the end of the day, there are some people who may have worked for the Lord and served the Lord for years, some that served the Lord for months, some that served the Lord for days, some that served the Lord for moments. But one day we will all get to heaven and we're all going to be given a white robe and a crown. And even though we may have different levels of service, there is not one person who will be given anything in heaven that we earned. And that is why we will take off that crown and we're going to throw it back to him and say, you are the one who gave this to us. We are nothing. I know that our theme is going forward with the gospel and I know that I've really been hammering this home. But it's so important. There's so much work to be done and there's just not a lot of time left to do it. You don't have to know much about your Bible to realize we are in the last days. We are in the last of the last days. And we're either going to fall off the edge or there's going to be a group of God's people that said, Lord, hire me. I can't do much, but I'll do it. Hire me. I promise you, you will never, ever regret it. So, would you serve him? Would you serve him? You know that there are people in this world that only you could reach. God has given every Christian the key to somebody's heart and soul that nobody else has. There are people that will die and go to hell for all of eternity if you don't do your part. I'm begging you, serve him. Take the job. What is the job? Sharing the gospel. Who am I working for? The king of kings. When do I start now? What's the salary? Blessings? Beyond anything that you can imagine? What are the qualifications? Availability. Anybody can be a soul winner. Anybody can win somebody to the Lord. Would you pray that the Lord would use you? That the Lord would bring somebody up in your mind that you could share the gospel with?